In this podcast episode, we're going to talk about some of the key factors involved in choosing the correct light for microgreens. It's not as hard as it seems, people. It's really pretty easy. Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Marsh, and I'm on a mission to help you, teach you, and motivate you to grow flavorful and nutritious microgreens in your home. Each Microgreens Podcast is meant to supplement content published on homemicrogreens.com. But in reality, the show is more about sharing with you the joys of growing your own food. Not only is it more nutritious, but seeing those plants grow will lift your spirits, bring a smile to your face, and give you a positive outlook on life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Micah Greens Podcast, episode number 26. Today we're going to be talking about lights. People spend a lot of time and energy and research looking into what are the best lights for microgreens. So in this podcast, I want to just talk about my observations about using all different kinds of lights. And I've used a lot of them. I've used uh, 4,000K Home Depot shop lights. I've used those stupid octopus or whatever kind of lights you want to call them. They got like the, the three strands and they come off and they hang over the trays and they're all like purple. Yeah. Don't ever buy those. That's this is the one thing you're going to get out of this. I'm going to tell you things not to buy. And as far as recommendations, I'm going to tell you a lot of things that you can use. But back to the lights. I've used those really cheap off of Amazon Chinese 6500K. And I'll talk about what the K value means later shop lights. On my larger setups, I now use Barina tube lights. They work really well. And those are all like the LED shop light type varieties. I also have tried a lot of grow lights, some sent to me, some I've bought. You know, these include like, like I said, those spider lights that are, are just don't buy those spider lights. If you see anything that's got like three prongs coming off them and lights hanging over and they're all purple, they show these beautiful plants growing underneath them. Don't believe it. It's just BS. Just don't do it. So don't get those. But I've also tried some uh, Leland full spectrum grow lights, Viosun full spectrum grow lights, Happy Leaf grow light. Um, you've seen the Mars Hydro SP150s, and now I have the Mars Hydro, I think it's TLS2000. I'll be putting out a video on those soon. And then some Faislon PH10s and Faislon FD200Es, which are a larger light. And again, I'll be putting videos out on those. I'm going to be testing them with lettuce pretty soon. So I'm going to talk a lot of differences between LED shop lights and grow lights. And then when we get into grow lights, we're going to be talking about low wattage grow lights and the high wattage grow lights and the advantages and disadvantages to both. But before we get anywhere close to any recommendations, I want to talk about some of the things that you're going to see and read and hear about and are kind of important, but kind of not important. But you still should be familiar with these terms because you're going to see them. The first one is called PAR. It's photosynthetic active radiation. And again, I'm going to get into the definitions later. The next one is PPF, which is photosynthetic photon flux. And then there's the PPFD, which is photosynthetic photon flux density. And then um, probably something that's going to be um, more common and what we're going to talk about a lot for the homeowner is just a simple term called Kelvin. It is sort of a temperature range, but it's not like Kelvin that you learned about in chemistry class, which is a real temperature. This is more of a color temperature, and we're going to talk more about that. So let's get into these terms, and I'm going to tell you that they are important because they are, but I'm going to also tell you that they're not important because they're often misused. 
So the first term is PAR, P-A-R, or photosynthetic active radiation. And this is the wavelengths of light that plants actually use. And they go from 400 nanometers up to 700 nanometers. So 400 nanometers is down towards ultraviolet, and 700 nanometers is up towards infrared. So blue at the lower ends, red at the higher ends. It's very close to what the human eyes can see, actually. The human eyes can actually see from 380 to 700, so it's pretty similar. However, plants will absorb more blue light than green light and more red light than blue light, but they still use green light even though they reflect it. So don't let the fact that these plants are green, that all that green light is being reflected. The plants are actually using some of that energy from the light is just changing the way that the green light bounces back at you. So some of it's absorbed, changes the color of the light, and then that's what we see. Now here's where it can get confusing because, as I said, plants um, use more red light than blue light. But for the vegetation stage, we don't really need much red light. However, it's still important to all plants, and we should be really concerned about getting the full spectrum, the full PAR spectrum from 400 nanometers to 700 nanometers, on our plants. So we want all those photons. Now photons are the smallest possible packet of electromagnetic radiation or light that the plants receive. So photons is what we're actually measuring when we're going to measure all these. So we're, we're measuring the wavelength of the photons as it's hitting the plants. I know it seems confusing and it's in a way pertinent but not pertinent to what we're talking about, but knowing these terms makes it easier to pick out a good light from a bad light. However, to measure PAR, you need a special meter. It's a PAR meter, and they're very expensive. A good one, a halfway decent one, actually, is five to $600. The good ones are in the thousands. And there's a lot of people and a lot of authors that give you these formulas to, to determine PAR from lumens and light candles and any other way that we can actually measure light inexpensively. And in reality, it, it's not true. You really need, if you're going to do this right, you really need a PAR meter to accurately measure how much useful light your plants are getting. And that's just, for what we need to grow microgreens at home, that's not important. If you have greenhouses, if you're growing hundreds or thousands of trays of microgreens, then maybe it would be worthwhile. Um, I've looked into them. I really want one because I'm, I just like gadgets, but it's, it's not even for what I'm doing. It's not worth it to be buying a five or $600 par meter to figure out what our par rating is for our lights. So par is the wavelengths of light that plants use. And there are other things that we need to consider. And the next one is PPF, which is photosynthetic photon flux. So remember, a photon is the smallest measure of light, but we need to measure how many photons are actually reaching our plants. And that's where this photosynthetic photon flux, PPF, comes into. And its definition is how much light in the PAR range is being produced by the light. So it's actually micromoles per second. How many micromoles of photons per second are reaching your plants? In a way, it's intensity. So what's a micromole of photons? Well, a micromole of photons is 602 quad billion. Yes, that's a real number, photons. 602 quad billion with a B photons in the power range that are reaching your plants. So again, it is intensity. 
So that's micromoles per second. So how many photons are hitting your plants each second? That's what we're measuring when we see PPF on any light box. However, as you know, light disperses, right? You have a point of light that goes in 360, de 360 degrees. So not all those photons that the light is putting out is hitting those plants equally along the distance of the tray. So then we need to figure out the photon density, which is how many photons are actually hitting our plants per square meter. So the photosynthetic photon flux density, PPFD, is how many photons are landing in a square meter per second on that tray. Now, all these values are important to the plants. They don't know it, but we figured out that that's what's important to the plants. But if we can't measure it cheaply, then, how, then why are they important to us? Well, if we're going to be buying high-end lights, all those light manufacturers will put these numbers on the boxes. And you're going to see all kinds of spectrograms and how the spectrograms change per distance from the light. There's all kinds of calculations that go into this. And I think I will go more into it on a blog. It'd probably be a pretty boring blog, but I'm sort of nerdy like that, and I like to include those things. So I might make short little articles, sort of like definition articles on all these, so that I can at least reference them at some point. But in the end... This is what's important to the plants. This is how we measure what's important to the plants. But we can't really economically measure it unless, you know, we're in business and making quite a bit of money. In a way, it's important, and it's important to know what these values are so that when we buy high-end lights, and if you're going to grow lettuces or a lot of microgreens, that could be important to you. But most of us aren't. We're going to be buying less expensive lights, and here's where the problem is. Inexpensive light manufacturers aren't going to go to the aren't going to go to the trouble to measure all these values because they know most consumers don't know what they are and and they're right. It's important that we know what these terms are and how they're used, but in the end they're not really important because for most lights we're going to use you're not ever going to see these values. When we buy an inexpensive light, we're going to get several numbers. We're going to get wattage, which really isn't important. That's just how much light, how much power the light uses. It has nothing to do with what goes to the plant because there's inefficiencies. So we don't know how inefficient the uh, light is. And that's where lumens come in because lumens sort of measures the inefficiencies. So we can say like, well, there's this much power getting to the plants, but still it talks nothing about the wavelengths or the color of light, which is the wavelengths that's reaching the plants. So there is this other value called Kelvin. Now, Kelvin is usually given on any inexpensive light. Even shop lights, they talk about Kelvin because it's the temperature of the light. It's what we observe with our eyes. And if we can observe it with our eyes, so can't the plants, because remember, our eyes pretty much see exactly what the plants use as far as wavelength. So there's this value called Kelvin. And again, it is a temperature of color. So it's a color temperature. It's a scale of color temperature. I guess that wasn't very clear. So a Kelvin, the measure of Kelvin is actually the scale of color temperature or the visual warmth characteristics of a light source. Is it the best way to choose a light for plants? Well, no, but it's all we have. So that's what we need to use. So our high-end lights are going to give us all these other numbers, the PARs, the PPFs, the PPFDs, but inexpensive lights for the most part are just going to be giving us Kelvins. So let's talk a little bit about Kelvin. Kelvin is sort of backwards to the wavelength. So 
if you remember right, ultraviolet is the low numbers around 400 and infrared is the high numbers around 700 nanometers. Well, with Kelvin, the lower numbers are more towards the red colors and the higher numbers are more towards the blue colors. And really for microgreens, we want a lot of the blue color. So I'm sure most of us have gone to a store and bought a light bulb and we've seen words like warm white, soft white, cool white, bright whites, daylight bulbs. This is what we're actually talking about. So let's go over these different values. Let's talk about the Kelvin scale. The Kelvin scale goes from really low, like near zero up to like tens of thousands of Kelvin. But we're really concerned more about from 2,700 to 6,500. So let's go over those values. So at the low end, at 2,700 Kelvin, we're talking about warm white light. It actually has a lot of reds in it. At 3,000, we have soft white. At 3,500, we have what they call neutral white. At around 4,100 Kelvin, we have cool white light bulbs. At 5,000 Kelvin, we have bright light or basically full spectrum light. And at 6,500, we have what they call daylight. So these are the values of Kelvin that we're most concerned about. And this is what we're going to talk about a lot when we talk about lights for homeowners that want to grow microgreens, because these are the scales that we're going to have. Now, if you want to buy a high-end light, we'll get into those you know, a, a grow light, if you will, we'll get into those a little bit later and I'll give you some recommendations, but let's talk about more about this Kelvin scale right now. So at the low end, below 3000, below 3,500, we have more red light wavelengths hitting the plants. Red light is important to plants. It produces biomass. It produces um, how hefty a plant is. However, plants are grown under mostly red light young plants growing mostly under red light are going to elongate. They're going to grow really long. They're going to stretch because they want more. They're going to stretch towards that light, which is what we don't want. We want more of the blue range because it's going to stop that stretching and elongation of the stems. We want more of the leaf biomass. And also blue light has been found to increase more of the antioxidant levels in a lot of plants, especially like lettuces or all, really all the leafy greens. We want lights that have more we want light color, I should say, that is more in the blue type spectrums, which is the 5,000, the 6,500K values. So those, the bright whites or the full spectrum or the daylight light bulbs. That's what we want. That's not to say that other lights won't grow microgreens. For the first two years I grew microgreens, I grew them under a cheap LED Home Depot light, which was 4,000K, and the plants did wonderful. I guess looking back on it, maybe they did grow a little bit taller. They were a little more stretchy than the lights that I'm, than microgreens grown in the lights I'm using now. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't really compare them, but just thinking back. But still, those microgreens look good. They grew well, so that was fine. However, I have found that microgreens grown under lights of at least 5,000 Kelvin do really good overall for all different types of microgreens. So in summary of just this section, what is important? If you're going to have a high-powered grow light, you're going to want to look for the PPFD, the photosynthetic photon flux density. That's how many photons are reaching your plants in an area underneath the light. It's a density. We want that. Low-end lights, low-wattage lights, lights that you're probably going to use for most microgreens, 
you're going to look for that Kelvin temperature and you want any light that has a Kelvin temperature above 5,000. 5,000 to 6,500 is what we're looking for. So more to the point of probably why you're listening to this podcast, should you buy grow lights or just LED shop lights? Well, the answer is it depends. And I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to tell you about my experiences using both and why I think it doesn't matter, but why most beginners should lean towards just the LED shop lights. Don't worry about the grow lights. Just get an inexpensive shop light. The Barinas are really excellent. If you don't want to go through Amazon and buy those, then you can get any light at any hardware store that has a K value of 5000 or more, and you're going to be fine. So let me talk a little bit more on why I think the low wattage lights, these shop lights, are the way to go. Because there's a lot of benefits to low wattage light. One, they're inexpensive, so you can actually get more point sources of light for the same amount of money. So instead of having one light that shines really high and intense in the middle of your grow area and gets weaker at the inverse square, right? So every time, every time the distance doubles, you're losing four times the amount of light energy. So instead of having one light that's really great in the middle, you can buy two or three or four or sometimes up to 10 lights if you want to get ridiculous for the same amount of money that will have all different kinds of point light sources onto the plant. So it's not shining straight down on the plant. It's shining from all of the different angles because you've got more light point sources. This gives you a more even distribution of light, which is what we want. We don't want light pointing in one spot. We want light coming from everywhere. And that's the advantages of a low power light is that we can put more lights on our shelves to give the microgreens light from all different angles. Another advantage to low wattage lights is that you can actually put the lights closer to the plants. They're cooler. They run cooler. They're not as hot. So you can put that light closer to your microgreens, which means less light is escaping out, if you will, around the plant. So if you have these high powered uh, grow lights, say 150, 200, 300 watts, whatever you have, you have to have those lights quite a ways above the plant. So there's a lot of light that goes out and away from those microgreens that isn't doing nothing any good except getting in your eyes. So having low powered lights lets you keep the light closer to the microgreens. So are there advantages to high power grow lights? Yes, there is. Those are built specifically to grow plants. So the light range, the par, if you will, of those lights. Well, actually not. The, the light spectrum of those lights is all into the PAR range. So all the light energy that those lights are producing, all those photons, are the exact wavelengths that plants need at some point in their life. While with low wattage lights, we really don't know what the PAR rating is unless we have an expensive PAR meter. But again, that's sort of overkill unless you're doing this for a living. I will say, however, that if you want to grow microgreens or lettuces to the baby leaf stage, that the high-powered grow lights are actually a little bit better than any of the low-powered uh, shop lights that you can buy. So if you're going to grow lettuces or spinach or mescaline, then you probably want to get into at least an SP150 Mars Hydro grow light. One more important factor of using an LED shop light over a grow light is that the shop lights are pretty much set it and forget it. You put that shop light 8 to 10 inches above the microgreens 
and you're you're done. Like that's it. They just grow microgreens. You may have to move the tray a little bit, or you may have to put something underneath the tray to raise it or lower it, depending on what type of microgreens you're growing. But you pretty much just set that light up. You put however many lights you want to. You can't really overheat the microgreens, and that's it. You're done. They grow microgreens. My experiences with grow lights is that there's a lot of finagling that you have to do, depending on the wattage, depending on what type of microgreen you're going to grow. You really have to be careful because those um, grow lights are a little bit more powerful. They put out more heat. You can't have them as close. Microgreens grow different underneath the grow lights, and it's just been a lot harder to find the right distance for different types of microgreens. There's a lot of trial and error to get the shelf height just right. It just it's it's just much harder. I've also found that a lot of microgreens grown under grow lights that are too close. The leaves are a lot smaller. The microgreens are a little bit shorter. They're very happy plants, don't get me wrong, but you just don't get the yield out of them that you do under LED shop lights. So after all that, what are my recommendations? Well, my recommendations is that any light will work. It just takes time to dial it in. That said, most people, if they're just growing microgreens, should just go with an inexpensive or several inexpensive LED shop lights. Buy two or three, put them on a shelf. You're going to be able to grow microgreens just as well as anyone with a high-powered LED grow light. You can even get away growing a lot of lettuces under LED shop lights. They're not going to be as red-colored as they will under a high-powered grow light, but you're still going to get away with a halfway decent tray of, of lettuce. If you want to grow a lot of lettuce, say for your family over the winter, and you want to grow three, four, or five trays of uh, baby leaf lettuce, then you probably will need a more high-powered grow light. That's just the facts of it. And I'm going to show you several. I have some experiments going on. I'm going to show you several this winter. I'm also experimenting with a Marina grow light. It's low wattage. Don't hold me to this. I, I want to say it's 24 watts, but they may be 40 watts. But they're small. They're two foot long. They have reflectors on them. And they fit on a nice small little bread rack, which is really handy because you can put this bread rack about anywhere. You can put it in a closet, you can put it in a hallway, and you can grow great microgreens and great trays of lettuce in this small little area. However, I still have had to finagle around with the shelf height. I've had some problems with it getting the microgreens getting up close and too hot. Um, I've had small leaves instead of regular size leaves because the lights were too close. So it's taken me a while to adjust the shelves to where I want them. But again, that's just trial and error. It's just if you grow a tray and the leaves are really small and not what you want, then you just lower the shelf. I mean, it's just a little bit of finagling, but it's unlike the LED shop lights where you put them on there, you put the tray about eight inches, 10 inches below the lights, and they're just going to work. You may ask about nutritional value. Well, I really have no idea. I have no way to measure nutritional value, and I obviously have problems with any of the labs that are measure, measuring nutritional value or any person or company that's stating nutritional values because it, I think it really changes batch to batch. I just can't see how if you grow kale microgreens in point A and they're and then another tray in point B that they're going to have the same nutritional value. They're going to have different soils, different lights, different temperatures. I don't, don't see how you can really compare them. I still think that microgreens have a lot of nutritional value, and it's just a matter of eating enough microgreens and enough variety to get the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and whatever other health benefits they have to you. So it's like anything in any diet. It's just eat a wide variety in a reasonable amount. And you're going to get the nutritional values, whether they're under 
LED high-powered grow lights or whether they're under LED shop lights bought from Home Depot. So until I edit this, I'm not really sure how clear I am, but here are my recommendations. Most people should just be buying LED shop lights. The Barina brand is really good. I'll put a link down below. The LED grow lights, the low wattage grow lights seem to be very good. There's a little bit more finagling to get the, the right height, but they seem to be growing really well. And if you want to grow lettuces, like red leaf lettuce, like the ruby red lettuce, then you really should get like a Mars Hydro SP150 for one or two trays. If you want to go to four trays, the Mars Hydro TSL 2000, it's either TSL or TLS 2000, grows four trays on a two by four foot platform that I have really well. There are other brands that are I'm trying, but so far the Mars Hydro and the Barina brands are the ones that I do recommend. Again, links to those will be down below. I'll put all of my other links to lights in the show in the show notes. And the show notes for this are at homemicagreens.com forward slash zero two six. That is the episode number, episode twenty-six. So for any episode, you can always just put in the three-digit number. Zero is a placeholder currently. So if you want to listen to podcast 15, it'd be 015. So this one is 026 homemikergreens.com forward slash zero two six and I'll have everything linked up and if I add more podcasts or more articles on lights I'll again go back and revise all these articles all these show notes so that all the links will be there I hope you found this useful and again people seem to make a big deal about lights and I don't really think it's that important I think if you have a light source you're good to go I think there are other more important things like the soils or whatever additives you're using. Um, if you're not using a good soil, is more important to microgreens than what light you use. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Microgreens podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. As always, stop by homemakergreens.com and say hello. Now before the next show, plant your next tray of micros. Let's keep growing.